0: If you have your Bibles with you, if you don't have yours, you'll look in the pew right in front of you. You'll see one. You can be welcome to use that. I guess it would be a custom or a tradition on Mother's Day to preach on mothers. But I want to put tradition aside. And just follow the Lord, I believe we'll be better off. Yeah. Amen. I don't know what uh, God has in store for us this morning, but we didn't preach a whole lot on the resurrection of Christ or the crucifixion up till Easter. But it seems like that's what God's pouring on us yeah. since Easter. Amen. But that's all right. Yeah. What could be better than to preach on a crucified, risen, coming again king. Yeah, man. John chapter 20 and verse number 1. Let's stand for the reverence of the reading of God's word and prayer for the message this morning. John chapter 20 and verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. When it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved. And said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, that other disciple would be John, and came to the sepulcher, and they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. But the disciples went away again unto their own home. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name we come to you as humble as we know how this morning. And Lord, we do thank God for this Mother's Day, a day that we can set aside and honor all of our precious moms. But Lord, I want to honor You today as well and follow Your leadership and what You would give us to preach unto these people this morning. And God, I pray that you would anoint every word that's said. And God, I pray that you would do the office work in the hearts of the people. And Lord, there may be some here that's lost and undone, doesn't know you from the free pardon of sin, God. I pray that you would move by a special moving of the Holy Spirit of God that would bring Holy Ghost conviction upon their hearts to where they would have to come to an altar of repentance before this service comes to a conclusion today. Lord, I pray that you would bind those forces, principalities and powers of darkness and rulers in high places. God, may your spirit roam free in this place this morning. I pray you loose this tongue, let it go anon us, dear God, to where we may preach your word. Illuminate our mind with scripture. We'll surely love you and praise you and give you glory for what you do. In Jesus' name we do humbly ask. Amen. 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 John, here is the timid Shy one. He arrives at the tomb first. Simon Peter soon catches up. And not being as timid as John, he goes forth into the tomb and finds an empty tomb along with a napkin folded together by itself. And this morning I want us to focus on verse number 7 where the Bible says in the napkin." That was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. The Bible said they'd been in the garden. Jesus had been praying. Christ, our Savior, moved a little ways from the rest of the ones there with him to be alone with the Father left the other disciples behind. Yet Jesus came back to where his disciples were and met the Roman soldiers along with Judas Iscariot with torches lit and held high to lighten the area. Judas came before Jesus and places a kiss of betrayal on the cheek of the Lamb of God. On the cheek of the darling Son of God. The same Lamb of God that the wise men looked in wonder and amazement as they saw the little babe lying in a manger. The same Lamb of God that one day John the Baptist stood on the banks of the river Jordan and saw coming with the look of heaven in his face and the look of glory in his eyes. And John lifted his voice like a trumpet and said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. That same Lamb of God that in John 2, His glory got so close to the water and the sun burned it and turned it into wine same Lamb of God that in John 5 healed the lame man, or the man that was laying by the pool of Bethesda rather, been laying there for 38 years, all crippled up. The same Lamb of God that uh, put mud on the eyes of the blind man, I believe it was in John chapter 9, and told him to come back see in 2020. That's the God we're talking about tonight. That same Lamb of God that I'm glad to call my Savior, my Lord, and my soon-coming King. The same Lamb of God that stood outside the tomb of Lazarus one day and called him out by name and said, Lazarus, come forth. The same Savior. That saved my soul. January 3 of 1993. And folks I've never found a place. To get off of this ride with God yet. He's been blessing as I've been serving. And I believe I'll just keep on going with Jesus. Amen. Some people once said, Brother Howard, they said, why do you think Jesus stood in front of the tomb of Lazarus and called Lazarus out by name? Why did He have to say, Lazarus, come forth? Well, folks, if He would have just said, come forth, He would have emptied out the whole graveyard. Amen. It was Lazarus that was the one that was to come from the dead. Judas placed the kiss on the cheek of the darling Son of God. And they led Him away in the darkness. The Bible tells us it was a horrible, horrendous night for the Savior. They beat Him with their hands and they beat Him with their fists. I'm not talking about a murderer this morning. I'm not talking about a rapist. I'm not talking about the number one criminal or number one uh, uh, bad dude of the world. I'm talking about the darling son of God who came to redeem you, who came to redeem me. They beat him with their Amen. They placed a crown of thorns upon his head and pushed it down upon his brow as it began to dig into his forehead and his brow and blood began to fall down his head. Yeah. Tied his hands above his head and exposed his back and wrapped the cat of nine tails around his upper torso ripping the flesh from his bones some 39 times. They let him down the cobblestone way, out of Pilate's hall called La Via Dolorosa, which means the way of the cross. Blood is splattering and falling on the cobblestones as he falls beneath the weight of the cross. They compel one by the name of Simon to come and help bear his cross to the top of Calvary's hill. Placed him on that old cross. Plucked the beard from his face. Yelled obscenities at him. Continued to beat him to a pulp. He bowed his head. Said three of the most famous words in the Bible. It is finished. Meaning his life As they knew it was over. Meaning that the job was completed for redemption. We've watched him raise the dead. He's healed the sick. He's walked on water. But now he's done. He's taking his last breath. I can see the enemy this morning saying, We've finally seen it. It's already completed. We are rid of the maniac from Galilee. That's exactly what Jesus wanted them to think. He's done. Even His followers began to scatter. Get Him off the cross and place Him in a tomb. That's exactly what Jesus wanted them to do. Amen. I know He bowed His head and gave up the ghost, but Hebrews two nine says, He tasted death for every man. He had to die. Yeah. Thank God He died in my place uh, where I would not have to. He died in my place, brother Joe, where I wouldn't have to taste the sting of death. My friend, He has conquered death. He's conquered hell. And He's conquered grave. And my friend, we're going to a land whose builder and maker is God. Who is, listen, a place called heaven built for you. Built for me. But there's only one way that we can get to that celestial city. And we've got to go by the precious blood of the Lamb. That was shed on Calvary for you and I over 2,000 years ago on Golgotha's Hill. They placed him inside a barred tomb and done something very unusual. (laughs) They placed a stone over a dead man's tomb. Now you think about that. I heard this preacher several years ago as I was riding down the road and he was on the radio. He got to preaching in a good time way around Easter. And he said, Why? Tell me why. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm riding down the road, you know, and I'm already, I'm into the sermon, you know. He said, Why? Tell me Tell me why would they roll a stone in front of a dead man's tomb? Why? Tell me why. My my foot is getting closer to the floorboard. I'm speeding up in my car and I'm like, would you please tell me why? Why? Why they put that tomb in front, why they put that stone in front of a dead man's tomb? He said, why? Tell me why did they roll a stone in front of a dead man's tomb? Lest they thought that that dead man wasn't gonna stay dead. I hope to tell you that dead man didn't stay dead. On the third day, the angels rolled the stone away and our Lord Jesus Christ came up out of the ground to make intercession for you and I, after He ascended back up to the Father. I'm glad He didn't stay dead. A dead God can't save anybody. A dead God can't answer prayers. A dead God can't build a great work. A dead God can't help you. A dead God can't raise the dead. A dead God can't heal the sick. A dead God can't give you a word from heaven. But I know one that's alive and well that I still serve today. And His name's the Lord Jesus Christ. I think I'll just go with Jesus. Amen. And let Him take care of the rest. Hallelujah. Good news. Good news from a foreign land, that dead man didn't stay dead. In the Eastern culture, if a master in his dwelling home or domain was sitting by a table and was finished with his meal, he would take a napkin and he would be all wadded up and he'd lay it in the middle of his plate. That was a sign to the servant that he was finished and he was leaving and he wasn't coming back. So the servants would come in, clear off the table, clean the kitchen, take care of the other duties. But if the master left the napkin neatly folded on the corner of the table... He would get up from the table. He would walk off. The servant would come in. He would see that napkin folded. Notice the difference. If the napkin was wadded up in the middle of the plate. It signified that the master was finished. Completed his meal. The servant would have permission then. He would know to go in and clean up. But if he got up from the table. And left the napkin folded on the corner of the table. The servant would look in. And see the napkin folded (laughs) being a significant meaning or a sign, if you will, to the servant that the master would be gone for a little while, but he's soon coming back again. Whatever he needed to do, he might have had to uh, go take care of something on the other side of the home or, or outside, but he left it folded and that servant would not touch it because he knew it was not finished. He hasn't completed his meal and he's soon coming back. Imagine John and Peter. As they got to the tomb, Peter would say, John, John. Come here, John. What is it, Peter? Look, John, look. The napkin is still full they looked in one another and I could hear them say now, He's gone away, but He's not going to stay. He's coming back again. Amen. Oh, can you imagine as them boys came and looked in the tomb and they seen that napkin that was to be about his head, the Bible said, was folded neatly. My friend, it was laying in there in the tomb. My friend, but Jesus was not there. It was telling Peter and John, Hallelujah, he's done got up from here, but he's not going to stay gone. He's coming back again. I'm here to tell you, he could come back today. The thing is, you better be ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ because when He comes back, He's looking for something in red. Those that are covered by the precious blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's looking for something in red. (laughs) Well, preacher, what does that mean? What does that mean to me? Well, it means that the Master's not finished and I'm glad that He's not. Amen? Amen. Oh, listen, I'm here to tell you, He's still in the saving business. He's still pleading. He's still calling. He's still wooing sinners uh, uh, to come to Him. Uh, Folks, listen, it doesn't matter what you've heard in the past. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father but by Him. Amen. Amen. You can't go on Mama's cocktail. You may have a godly mama this morning. You may love her and she may love you. But you can't go to heaven on Mama's merits. You've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. He's still in the saving business. He's coming back. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The Bible tells us: for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. I right, boy, I'm telling you what: before most people listen, before anybody rather can get saved, they have to realize that they're lost. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's hard for me to find any lost people today. Yeah. Yeah. They think they're saved. They think they're saved, but they don't never come to church. They think they're saved, but but they they, they don't ever uh, win a soul to Christ. I believe the devil of this world slips so many people counterfeits uh, and comes through and and makes you have an emotional experience of some sort uh, and you never get saved to begin with. I don't know about you. I can testify to me. I can testify to this young man right here. And there's some of you out there that I can testify to as well. And I can call you out by name. I can tell when God saved you, He brought you from a disgrace to amazing grace. There was a change in your life and something different happened to you. Amen. Oh, I'm here to tell you, God changed you, didn't He, buddy? He changed you, turned your life slap around. I mean, there's just some of those cases where you see a drastic change in people's life, and they're few and far between. I'm here to tell you, I'm glad I'm covered and washed in the blood of the Lamb this morning. I'm glad I'm on my way to heaven. Preacher, do you fear dying? Nope. Do you wonder about it sometimes? Yep, sure do. But when my time comes, He'll give me that dying grace. I won't have to worry about it. Amen? He'll just reach down on this side of heaven, on this, take me up and take me over to the other side, and thank God that's going to be a glorious day. Amen. Oh, some of you weeping tears this morning because your mom's no longer with you. And it's all right. Shed them tears. uh, Cry because mama's not with you. Miss mama, that's a good thing. Uh, But one thing about it, if your mama's in heaven, uh, there's only one way to get to where she's at. uh, And that's through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. uh, And you have to be assured uh, that you're saved uh, and washed in His blood this morning. Amen. Amen. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Some people say they don't need a Savior according to the Word of God. You do. Amen. Yeah. Hey, I'd rather trust God's Word than man. Yep. Amen. Romans three twenty three, 3.22. Sorry. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all men, upon all them that believe, there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Titus 3 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. John 1 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The question is today, are you saved? Do you belong to the family of God? Does your life portray that you are a Christian? Does your life portray you being a child of God? Are you a faithful child of God? I told these folks this Wednesday night, uh, I looked around the congregation and I said, I know people work. I believe God understands when people have to work. Uh, and I looked around and I said, I know God understands when people sick, uh, but I just wish some old saints of God uh, would just fall in back in love with Jesus Christ. Uh, because when you fall in love with Jesus Christ, you'll fall in love with His bride. And His bride is the church. Amen. Boy, as soon as I got saved, I couldn't wait to get back to church on Sunday night. Couldn't wait to get back on Wednesday night. To now some people, they'll run around claiming they saved, and they may be. I don't know. But listen, I'm telling you, if you get what i got, you'll want to go to the house of God and allow the Lord to minister to you and to help you and not just run at Him when you got a need and use Him as a spare tire, but run to Him all the time during the good times, during the bad times. He'll help you. Oh boy, you know, he's still in the saving business. He's still perfecting the church. Ephesians 5, let me read this to you. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, as even Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he may, might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Amen. Preacher, you saying you perfect? Nope, far from it. Bible says we've all sinned come short of the glory of God. Yeah. But I think it's good to walk as close as you can walk with. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be an influence on those people that are around you. Amen. Yeah. Hey that's the testimony that you're betraying around you. Yeah. I can't win any souls to Christ and people are not going to know I'm a Christian if I'm around a bunch of nasty joke telling uh, 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 drinking drunkards. Come on, I can't give... I, you know, the, listen... Matter of fact, if you walk into one of those places uh, and they're laying around uh, uh, playing their poker and they're gambling, and if you're laying around and, uh, over there and they start drinking their beer and their wine and their liquor and you start going in after you've been saved uh, uh, singing a new song, they won't keep you around alone. Yeah. They'll tell you, get on out of here, you're singing a different song. Yeah. Now listen, we've got to be in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. We can witness to those people, but we sure don't have to lay down with them. Amen. Because when you lay down with a dog with fleas, guess what? You're probably going to have some fleas when you get up yeah. Oh, yeah. In the Jewish environment, the father would send his son to the bride's house. And he would lay his price for the bride and would tell her, I'll be back. She did not know when. Kind of like you and I as the bride of Christ. He's coming back, but we don't know when. Amen. But she kept her dress spotless and pressed, waiting for the day. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for the groom. The groom would not come. Until the father sent him. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know what? Jesus is coming. But he's not coming. Until the father sends him. So what should we do? We should keep our wedding gowns. Our wedding garments spotless. We're to keep our wedding gowns pressed, ready for the great wedding that's going to take place. Folks, I'm here to encourage you today. We ought to walk with God. He'll walk with you. The church has lost its power because it's lost its purity. You know what's happened, church? I believe most of everybody in here is good people. I'll be honest with you. I may be wrong, but I believe everybody in here is good people. But you know where the problem is? You just got some wrinkles in your robe. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Just got some spots on your garments. Yeah. How would you rather greet the Lord Jesus Christ today? Would you rather greet Him with a spotless robe? Pressed and ironed. Amen. Reporting for duty. Yeah. Yeah. Or would you report... To him with a wrinkled robe. With a few spots of blemishes. The decision is ours. I want to live as close to God as I can live. Amen. Amen. Church has lost its power because the church has lost its purity. Folks, I'm here to still stand on God's Word. I'm still here to stand on the purity of God's Word. And the purity of living right before others. We're going to be rewarded one day when we get to that place called heaven. We're going to be rewarded one day. Some may not have any rewards at all to turn around and give back at the feet of the Savior. Amen. Personally, I want all I can get. Not trying to be greedy. Not trying to be selfish. But I am going. I just want to try to give something back to my Lord. Right. Yeah. And some people that are saved are not going to have anything. Get the wrinkles out of your robe. Clean the spots off. He's still... Sanctifying the saints. Sanctification means to be set apart as holy unto God. Folks, it's hard to be set apart and holy unto God when you come to church once a year. It's hard uh, to be uh, sanctified and set apart for the holiness and glory of God uh, uh, when, you, when you miss Sunday school and you get that good enriched teaching that will help you in today's life. Uh, or when you miss Wednesday night prayer meeting and that time to pray uh, and that time to study God's Word. Folks, I'm here to tell you, you'll pick up some blemishes. You'll pick up some spots. Uh, you'll pick up a few wrinkles. But he's still sanctifying the church. I can name people today, and I won't do it for the sake of embarrassment. I can name people today that have been saved 60 years and still a babe in Christ. Yeah. Because they've never learned anything. Man. They wouldn't come to Sunday school. They wouldn't come to Sunday night service. They wouldn't come to Wednesday night service. And they still can't handle the meat of God's Word. Right. Oh, you're being rough this morning, this Mother's Day. Not as rough as I can be. The church is sanctifying the saints. The Lord Jesus Christ is sanctifying the church, rather, sanctifying the saints. But the Lord Jesus is still sending out servants. Yeah. I believe God's going to continue to use this church to send out servants. Amen. I still believe God's going to call people into the ministry and send them out to preach the gospel. God's something God put on my heart. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. But I'll close with this. I know I'm getting long this morning. And I know some of you is wanting to get home to your beans before they burn. But I'd rather your beans burn instead of your soul burning to a place called hell. You can clean up that crock pot. Once you get to hell, there ain't no hope for you. He's still preparing a city. Eyes have never seen, ears have never heard, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah, I think about that city sometime. Check your wheelchairs in at the door. Amen. Stack your walkers up. You ain't going to need them no more. <laughs> Walls of jasper, streets of gold. Amen. Jesus Christ himself will be in the center of that city and be the only light that we'll ever need. through many struggles, trials and tribulations of this life. When we make it to that city, my friend, for eternity. That's forever and ever and ever we will forever be with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. He's preparing a city. There's another place that's already been prepared for the uh, for for the devil and his angels, that place called hell. Yeah. You don't want to go there today. <laughs> Are you going to heaven? He's still preparing a city. The Bible says, Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He's preparing a city. The napkin is still folded. Giving us a sign that He is coming back. Who's He coming back for? He's coming back for the elect. He's coming back for the saved. Those uh, that have bowed their head before God uh, and asked Him to come into their heart and life uh, and to save them, uh, forgive them of their sins. Uh, Those are the ones He's coming back for. He's coming back. I want you to stand. If you would, as our sister comes, gets a song of invitation together on the piano, and she can begin playing softly. I want to talk to three different groups today. Maybe even four. First of all, let me say to you that are here, and you're hurting. Tears have filled your eyes. Roll down your cheek like a river. Let me say to you this morning, the Lord Jesus Christ loves you. Yeah. Oh, but preacher, I've lost my mom. And listen, if she's in heaven, you hadn't lost her, we know exactly where she is. Amen. Although you may shed a few tears. Preacher, how can I gain help with my situation? Come talk to a loving God to comfort your heart. And to assure you that where she is, you can be there also. And then there's another group that may be here, saved on your way to heaven. You've just smiled with a glorious smile upon your face. And you may say, Preacher, everything's alright in my heart, everything's okay with me and God. That's wonderful. Yeah. But just maybe somebody may be on your heart, and you need to bring them, let them on the altar of prayer. Pray for them. And there may be those that are here that you've been saved, but you got some spots on your robe. Got a few wrinkles in the robe and. You want to get that cleaned up before the bridegroom cometh. Yeah. Listen, you wouldn't want to go to a wedding with a stained gown. Right. You wouldn't want to go to a wedding with a gown with spots all over it. It'll be perfectly pure. Maybe you've been saved, but you got spots and wrinkles in your gown. God can help you. Yeah. He can clean you up today. Bring you back into the fold where you need to be. And then lastly, but I saved this for last because I want it to bear in your soul heavily. You may be here lost and undone. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never accepted and made a real commitment unto Him and ask Him to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Today is the day that the Lord Jesus Christ can take your life and turn it around, save you, forgive you of your sins. Oh, but preacher, you don't know how bad I've been. Listen, it doesn't matter. The Lord Jesus Christ can save you. Yeah. Oh, but preacher, I don't need a savior. I'm a good person. I And listen, it don't matter how good you are. There's good people going to hell every day that reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you just need an encouraging word from God. You need to pray to Him today. The decision is yours. Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for these that are gathered around the house of God today. I'm glad for the folded napkin that was found inside the tomb of Christ, leaving us hope that He is going to return. Lord Jesus, I ask you to save the lost. Reclaim the backslider. Encourage the Christian. In Christ's name we do humbly ask. Amen. As these are already praying, you come if you've got a need. You come. We'll be glad to pray with you. Have someone pray with you. Whatever the need may be today, God is here to answer and give you help. Some of you men come around and pray with some of these, okay? Oh, listen! Don't be ashamed to come to an altar of prayer. It's throughout the Scripture where they gathered around an altar of prayer and they prayed, and that's God to help them. No matter where you may be this morning, God can give you the help that you need. God can give you life and that more abundantly. I'm glad that I'm saved today. Oh, but, preacher, I have to change my entire lifestyle. You won't have to change a thing. The Lord Jesus Christ will change it for you. When Jesus comes into your heart and He comes into your life, everything is changed, everything is different. You look different. You talk different. I'm here to tell you, it didn't take me a six-week plan to get over to get over my sin. Yeah. It didn't take me a year to clean up my mouth. And when God saved me, He saved me. Right. Turned my life around instantly. Others may be different. Might have took you a pro- plan or a program, but it didn't mean. Yeah. I'm glad He saved me and cleaned me up right then.